to our first episode of TED Talks, How She Built This Series. The spin-off series is meant to discuss intimately the journey of building a business as a female entrepreneur. These types of conversations are what inspire and empower us here as baby entrepreneurs at TED Talks, and we hope it does the same for you as well. This is Tisha, and we have the pleasure of having with us today the founders of Guilford Green, Daisy Quo von Gersdorf, and Christine Meredith. You two have combined two of my absolute favorite things in the world, the delight of a farmer's market and wine, craft wine in particular. Also, your packaging is so amazing and I love all the little cards that come with all the bottles of wine. But before we jump into the craziness of quitting your very lucrative, I might add, day jobs to pursue this new startup venture, I wanted our listeners to get to know you. So tell us about yourselves outside of Guilford Green. Awesome. Well, thank you for having us on the show. Uh, Daisy, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, a little bit about me. Uh, I was born and raised here in Southern California. And right out of college, I fell into the world of advertising at an agency. And it was one of those things where I, I think I was pretty good at it. So therefore, I just kind of continued doing it. Um, and I met one of my clients that I worked with and really all the conversations we had just really inspired me to go and get my MBA and really pursue business. Uh, there were a lot of conversations around beverage, around retail and concepts that were beyond just advertising that I didn't understand or didn't know. And I really wanted to better understand, I think from a consumer, from a client service perspective, I wanted to be more helpful and more meaningful, but I just kind of felt like I didn't have the business background. Uh, so I went to UCLA to get my master's there at Anderson. And after I graduated, I had an opportunity, this is actually where I met Christine, uh, to work in the wine industry in brand management. And I think that it's been sort of a, uh, a fun adventure since in the world of wine. Um, I will say that, you know, one thing that she and I share a lot of is just making sure the experience is spot on for the consumer. We care a lot about making sure it feels personal, feels special, uh, and doesn't feel, you know, doesn't, doesn't feel like, you know, we are sort of just uh, looking at people like numbers, if you will. So I feel like that's something that came out of both my experience in a client service agency um, and really just a, a personal creativity. So Christine, I'll kick it to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I mean, Daisy, without you, this business would be like on quicksand. So I appreciate <laughs> your background in helping to build the foundation of this crazy vision. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, uh, I'm born and raised in LA. Um, and I was raised by a single mother. She worked a ton. Uh, most importantly, she was really a champion for my brother and I. Um, and we were very close to my grandparents, uh, both of which uh, came here from Armenia um, and then put themselves through college, uh, UCLA and Pepperdine. Um, and then my grandfather actually earned his PhD in his 90s. Um, so education was a really big thing for them as well. Um, so I, I, I had the privilege of having them help out with my education. I went to U of M for undergrad, University of Michigan. Um, and with the, the thought and hopes that I was going to join their business school for grad school, um, I almost failed statistics <laughs> and absolutely hated it and all the requirement classes. Um, and I loved, <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> yes, it was terrible. I couldn't do it. 
Um, and I loved uh, France, French culture. I love speaking French. So I decided I was going to do that, pursue that. I was able to spend a year abroad in France and still graduate on time as a French major. Um, so that became my thing. Um, and then I jumped into wine I, right after I graduated, went to Denver, started working in a restaurant. I quickly went to retail. I saw the impact um, that we could have in retail. I, you know, 80% of the wine um, consumed is consumed from uh, and purchased at a grocery store. So that was a really, really important way for me to be able to kind of use my talents and, and be able to talk about wine and, and make an influence. Um, so that's kind of what led me into the world of wine. I was in the grocery world for 10 years with Whole Foods and then jumped to the marketing side, which I knew nothing about. And uh, the company was brave to hire me. <laughs> um, but that was really fun. Spent almost five years there. And uh, yeah, now we're here today. Daisy and I, as you heard, met there. Um, and now we're uh, this great partnership of two. Oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. And it's so intriguing because you come from such different backgrounds, lining in the same place. So that's really remarkable how you know all of your very unique interests and backgrounds kind of aligned perfectly here. And I have to say, for all of our listeners um, tuning in, Christina's actually in her car in the middle of one of her drop-off routes right now. I can yeah. see all the boxes in the back. So, oh, the flowers! Oh my gosh, her, her flowers! Car is absolutely packed, packed with Guilford Green wines. And how wonderful to have the founder herself deliver all these wonderful packages. And am I correct? It's day six of the launch, right? So we're on day six. Day six. Wow, what a remarkable week it's been. So I think this would be the perfect place to start talking about Guilford Green and really the brand ideals behind it, what made you commit to this brand, and kind of what makes it so different and unique. Yeah. Um, well, this has really been in my head for 15 years, uh, this idea of a wine shop, uh, but not just a wine shop, a wine shop that really was a smaller curated selection um, and really talking about and sharing wine in a way that made sense to people and that was genuine. Um, I, ever since I got into the wine world, it, it just never made sense to me that there was so much selection and not enough information. Um, and I think in the last five years or so, the answer to that in some circles has been to kind of dumb down wine. Um, and I, that was never a vision here. It wasn't about simplifying it in a way that it was dumbing it down or stripping it um, of anything, but it really was talking about wine in a really genuine kind of relatable way. Um, and, and that just made sense. I mean, in a business plan, to be honest, it was hard to really kind of put into words. Um, but uh, yeah, we were able to, you know, concept this thing and it, it came to life. I mean, our mission, uh, we, we joke that we have two missions. The first is not world domination. <laughs> um, and so by that, we mean, uh, you know, it really is one customer at a time. It really is one bottle at a time, one glass. Um, it's, you know, not about overwhelming and scaling fast. Um, it's about really creating meaningful relationships. Um, and, you know, to make sure that everyone feels like they uh, belong in the company of good wine, right? And that we can share that with people people. So that was really important to us. Absolutely, absolutely. Daisy, I'd love to hear from you about how this week has been and kind of how you're feeling after this week. <laughs> um, I mean, this week has been a lot of fun. I mean, I, it's been obviously Christine has had this in her head for a number of years. And I joined her more recently to bring this really to life. And a lot of our day to day is just figuring things out on the go. 
Uh, I think we both have a good understanding of what the overall goal and the vision is, um, but day to day, it could be anything from trying to build racks to store our wine, to trying to figure out how much packaging tape we need for the number of boxes we have and running out halfway through, um, a number of things. I think one of the things, Christine, you did mention, we have two unofficial uh, missions. And one, of course, being not world domination, but a big piece of that second mission is about finding small producers. And we realize there's so much good wine out there that you just won't find in the wine aisles of grocery stores, largely because they, these producers don't make enough wine. Uh, and when you look at these grocery stores and these big channel outlets, they want high production, high volume wine uh, producers so that they can stock their shelves at all their locations and keep those shelves stocked year round. And if you're a producer that only produces, you know, three to 400 cases of wine, you're not interesting to them because you create more work for them to have to continue to find new, uh, new producers to keep their wines full or wine shelves full. Uh, so I think a big part of this is the only way you as a consumer would ever find these wineries is if you went to wine country and you went tasting room hopping or you went to a winery because a friend recommended it and then the winery showed you in their tasting flight all these cool wines. Um, and really, we wanted to highlight that. And I think that's a, a core part of the mission is celebrating all these amazing wineries of which there are thousands uh, that just people don't have day-to-day -day access to. Uh, but I think, yeah, to your, to your question, uh, this week has uh, been, you know, Christine and I joked that if we were to sit down and create all the titles of a regular company, we would probably wear all of them and split some of them. But uh, between driving all over LA, delivering packages to stocking shelves, to receiving deliveries at a warehouse, uh, I think if you were with us maybe two weeks ago, we were trying to figure out how to break down a pallet that was oversized and didn't fit through the door. Uh, so there was all sorts of fun challenges. Uh, that we've sort of been tackling together and, and this week is no exception to that. Oh, that is so wonderful. That is so wonderful. Um, but, and you did mention something that was super, super interesting. So you two are basically doing all the hard legwork to determine all of these or to find all these really small sources to bring the wines to us, the, the, the consumer. So what, what is that process for figuring out what's going to work and who you kind of want to support? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so the way we've built it is a collection and a seasonal collection. Uh, we just launched, launched our fall collection and every collection is built um, with 30-ish, we say, wines. We have 27 in this collection. And the idea behind it is that um, for selling wine all these years, I've realized that in 30 wines, you can really cover pretty much every style, um, many varietals, many regions. Um, and it's a very palatable, pun intended, um, amount of wines to really look at and discover every season. So it's like crafting a, a fashion collection um, or an editorial calendar. Um, it always has a theme and really connects to the season. So the seasonality really drives it. And then beyond that, um, as you mentioned and Daisy mentioned, it's about finding small producers, unique producers, interesting producers who are um, you know, doing something in a very traditional way um, and uh, crafting something that's really special. So the mission behind the wines, uh, we do have a lot of organic biodynamic wines. Um, and uh, really the mission behind the wines, the wineries uh, is important to us. Um, and 
helping these producers find an audience. Um, you know, it, it can be very difficult to find these producers without having, you know, to go to wine country and actually seek them out uh, yourself. So there's, there's an audience for it. And there are certainly some amazing wines out there. So we just hope to be that conduit. That was really beautiful. That's, and, and I think it's going to be such a great service that we didn't even know we needed, which is what it creates the best kind of product, right? Filling a niche that we didn't even know that we needed. Um, so now that you've gone through the process, is there a piece of advice that you would give either to your younger self or to a budding entrepreneur to kind of reach this level that you have? Um, I mean, I, I can start with this one. Uh, budding entrepreneur is exactly who we are. I think, um, you know, we would love to say, you know, here are the keys to success, but, you know, we are six days in, as you mentioned, and things are going really well. So we're very excited about it. Um, one thing I, I think that has worked really well for us is, uh, and I guess as a piece of advice, is to sort of figure out your, your strengths and weaknesses and, and really align yourself with people that complement those. Uh, Christine and I met at a former job and we did a number of things from launching brands to launching campaigns, all sorts of uh, fun challenges. And we learned pretty quickly that we complement each other really well. I could go on and on with examples uh, of where, you know, we would just literally get a project, divide and conquer, and we were just so efficient. Uh, and I think she and I recognized that pretty quickly that there were things that I loved doing that she that she hates doing and vice versa. Uh, and, and it just really worked out that we could just divide and conquer a lot of the, you know, uh, I guess things needed to get big projects and things done. Yeah, 100% ditto to that, Daisy. Uh, I would say partnership is the key to the success. Um, it can make or break the job, the experience, everything. Um, so absolutely that, I would say, gosh, advice, we're six days into this, but um, <laughs> some advice I would give out there is just jump in and start doing it. Um, you know, something that I realized very early on, I got into the wine industry at 22, I could, you know, was barely legal to drink. Um, and it was a very male dominated, um, older male dominated industry, both the grocery and uh, the wine industry. And what I learned very on was that um, not a lot of people knew really what was going on and didn't have it all figured out. And, uh, you know, honestly, as a woman coming into that, I think the fact that not that I was naive, but the fact that I had such a fresh perspective. Um, and I don't know, I think part of it was being a woman. I think part of it was being young. Part of it was just not really caring what other people thought and being really into wine. Um, you know, whatever it was, I think that um, it was a really important thing that I just kept doing it. I didn't have a plan um, and I figured it out. And uh, people, people really want to follow that. Um, so I, that would be my advice, just jump in. And then to myself as a young uh, person, I would say, you know, most importantly, what's going to slow you down is stuff in your past, um, not stuff in your future. So if things seem scary, uh, just keep doing them. But, you know, take care of the stuff from the past, because that's what's going to come up and slow you down. Um, beyond that, just keep looking forward and fake it till you make it. That's totally <laughs> what, what I did. <laughs> Fake it with some credentials, though. Yes. <laughs> you have a lot of credentials and experience <laughs> behind you. 
But you did touch upon something that I, I wanted you both to elaborate on, and that's being female entrepreneurs in a male-dominated industry. So do you think that that has um, given you any unique challenges or opportunities? How has that kind of shaped the journey for you? Daisy? <laughs> I can start, sure. Um, I mean, I would take it a little one step further. I would say this question is so much easier to answer when I became a mom. And I think that uh, if you and all the Tiffany's nieces, uh, sorry, the Tiffany's niece already know this, um, but when you become a mom, you certainly start to prioritize your life very, very differently. And you also start to think about what you're doing at work uh, and whether or not you find that time to be valuable because the comparison is playing with your kid. Uh, and so I think that um, one of the things that Christine and I found after working through, you know, a number of corporate style jobs was that even the most accommodating, you know, mother accommodating work environment really didn't meet, you know, our needs. And, you know, one of the things we did pretty early on was, you know, we were both moms of young kids. Uh, mine is 15 months old. Her daughter's four years old. And we realized during the day when your kids want to play, you want to be there and you want to be present and you want to be there at breakfast and at dinner uh, and the work will get done on your time. And that time typically isn't always nine to five. Uh, it's often before that. It's often, you know, in between. So we take calls with each other, you know, in the car while we're driving, while we're making deliveries during our kids' naps um, in the evenings. And instead of having you know, a daily status call every morning or having any structured, we're gonna talk every, you know, every day at X you know, time, uh, we make it work in between and we both get it and we're both okay with that. Uh, so I think that's something that you know, really would never exist uh, in our previous jobs because there just aren't enough women in those previous jobs to sort of create that environment for us. Um, I think of anything else than that, but yeah, I think we uh, pretty early on, we sort of unofficially synchronized our kids' schedules, <laughs> kind <Right>. of. <laughs> we're, very, uh, we're very, very lucky that we have our moms to watch our kids for a couple days every week. So then we picked the same days of the week so that every Tuesday and Thursday, we knew that you know, if we needed to meet in person, that was always an option. And yeah. so again, all things that you know, when you're a mom, you think of sort of setting this up as a, as a cadence because you know you need it. And uh, it doesn't make sense in a non-mom world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the only thing I absolutely well said, uh, the only thing I would add is that, you know, it being a unique year, 2020 being as crazy as 2020 is, um, you know, not really the silver lining, but um, I think what really helped us get in sync quickly is our ability to be so digital right now and be so flexible and also seeing how much fun it is to be home for all those meals and um, how cool it is to see your family all the time. So um, yeah, it was just never even a discussion. Uh, I think we both jumped into this for that reason. And I mean, it's been six days. Of course, it's been a couple of months uh, leading up to this of a lot of work, but um, I don't know. I feel like we're already living the dream. It's going to change every day, every week, and I'm sure we're going to have to add some structure sometime, <laughs> but um, it, feels, it, it feels like it totally works and I, I couldn't be happier. Oh my goodness, this is so wonderful. And would you say from the very day you met to discuss the concept to this week's launch, how much time did it take to actually bring this vision to life? Wow. I mean, we did it pretty quickly, Days. 
Uh, well, you have to take years, years, years to plot it out. Right. <laughs> Um, I mean, Christina's had this, vis this vision for a number of years, and she's spent the past couple of years laying some of the foundation, uh, but a lot of this sort of just started to take off in the last couple of months. Um, and yeah, <laughs> it's it's something, actually, Christine, you had, we had talked about this when we were, when we were moving pallets in a warehouse at one point, um, about, you know, I think your daughter had said, uh, you only go to work to make money. And I think we both sort of went true, but I think we could both align and say, we both go to work because it's fun. Like right. We, we have so much fun. That's right. Inspirational. We could both say we used to go to work for money and now we go to work because it's, yeah, it's fun. It's great. It's, it's the best. Oh, ladies, that was so perfect. And I think that's what every single budding entrepreneur wants to hear, that there is that fun element to it. Um, and that you can come to work every day feeling fulfilled and feeling like you're pursuing a greater kind of a brand ideal and kind of vision uh, for the world too. Okay, so lastly, where can we find you guys? Give us all the info. All right, Daisy, you wanna take it away? Yeah, sure. I mean, we're online, we are an online widen shop. So our website is probably the best place to learn about us, to read about us, to learn about the wines and see Christine's amazing uh, recommendations. So guildfordgreen.com. Uh, we are also on Instagram and Facebook as Guildford Green Wine. And that's where we post a lot more of the kind of the behind the scenes of what's just going on in our day to day. And so it's kind of a, a, a sneak peek at you know what, we're, what our lives really look like. Um, but one of the really cool things we have is we set up a texting number for our business uh, because we realize, you know, wine is something that happens at a different time of day for everyone. It might be something where you're during the day you're shopping for wine or right before dinner, you're trying to pick a bottle or even before that you have a bottle and you're trying to figure out what recipe or you're trying to gift a bottle. So wine is sort of, you know, anywhere and everywhere, all sorts of occasions. So uh, we have a text number. It's, should I read it over the podcast? Okay, well, the number is it's 424-267-2755. Uh, and if you text it, it texts me and Christine, and we're here. We want to be there as not just a source for fantastic wines, um, but also a resource. If you have questions about wine, if you have questions just in general, I mean, we talk about wine all day long, all day, every day, uh, and at all hours, quite realistically. So <laughs> just because we love it. So we would love an excuse to chat more about wine. And so we've set up a, a text number for our business uh, to enable that. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Daisy and Christine. What a journey already. And we are so proud to feature you and really wish you incredible success. Um, it's always been our mission to connect with other women through the lens of our experience. And this is our first topic that really dives into the many dimensions of creating your own business. So please tune in again as we move into the apparel industry next. And may I say, it's gonna be a bit of a provocative one that will take us into the brawlist dimension. And so we'd love to hear from you guys as well. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that has impacted you in a positive way. Please head over to iTunes to give us that five-star review to help us grow. And please give us feedback too on what topics you'd like to hear next. Email us at tittalks at gmail.com or DM us at tit underscore talks on Instagram. Thank you again, ladies. This was so much fun. Yeah. And I hope to see you both soon. Bye. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Bye.